Hey, Augie. Good morning, Nia. How are you? I'm good, but I have another super short question for you. Oh, okay. Sure. Go ahead. Is the Supreme Court dead? <laughs> I, I don't mean that literally, because I think we would have been told. But like, have they suspended operations? Have they moved there? Are they moving to the Bahamas? Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> to avoid taxation or whatever it is that all those people all those rich people took all their money the bahamas like what's going on with the supreme court that they're not there as we would say colloquially not doing nothing (laughs) (laughs) they do seem to be a little tardy uh this this current term uh in deciding cases so uh listeners at the time of this recording uh this is the middle of february um the uh supreme court has heard a whole bunch of cases, like they heard a whole bunch of oral arguments, Nia, in October, November, and the first week of December. And heretofore, they have only settled two of the cases. And in, 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 in only one did they actually like produce opinions, okay? Um, and uh, and uh, uh, so, in, in, and it's just completely befuddling um, um, uh, court watchers. Okay, okay, so that's not a normal state of affairs. Oh, no, no, no. Is no, that no. why people say they're grumpy and not getting along? And yes, I mean, because... like, there's all these kinds of rumors, right? That they're, that it's sort of a, that they're having a lot of interpersonal difficulties and stuff like that because yeah, nobody's I mean, hearing anything from them. Yeah. And, and, um, uh, their lack of, decisions, Nia, to, to put this in historical context. The last time we've had a court this far into their term, only settled two cases, is pre-Civil War. And, and mind you, it's not like the Supreme Court is hearing a whole bunch more cases, right? As we've chronicled <laughs> in previous podcast episodes, okay, the Roberts Court over, you know, since the pandemic has dip below 70 cases heard and decided per term. Okay. And again, are they hearing harder cases than normal or are they just, I did the Dobbs leak burn them hardcore and they're like, "Uh uh-uh, we're not, well, we're buttoned down so hard that nothing's coming out of here until it is perfect. Well, I mean, you and I talked about this when we looked um, uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago at the um, uh, uh, the Dobbs leak investigation, right? Yep. And um, and I went ahead and mentioned at the end of that episode, Nia, that you're gonna see some changes in, in how the court does its work. It's gonna be much more institutionalized. It's gonna be much more bureaucratic. Ah, so, so this is part of that. I suspect part of what's going on right now okay. is that a lot of the um, workarounds that they developed during the pandemic, okay, no longer exist because the court martial went ahead and chastised the court pretty, pretty severely, okay, for its work processes not being secure. And you and I know this, right? Oh, so now that they've secured it, it's slowing things down and making them much more deliberate, even though they were already a pretty dang deliberative body. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, okay. I mean, they never were like lightning. Ah, no, we'll hear a case. And a week later, we will make a decision like that whole speedy trial thing does not apply to SCOTUS. And moreover, 
right? Whenever yeah, I, yeah, yeah, speedy, yeah. Is, speedy is how I define it. Thank you very much. And because I am the Supreme Court, you will take when I give it to you. Yeah, the speedy trial component of the U.S. Constitution applies <laughs> to when you got arrested, okay? But once you file an appeal, okay? It could take a thousand years. Yeah, okay. You know, <clears throat> molasses seeping from trees okay, <laughs> is a quicker process, right? Watching paint dry. What are you doing? I'm watching paint dry while I wait for SCOTUS to respond. Here, here's another variable that I don't think a lot of scholars have given very much attention to. Historically, and, and I'm just going to use two examples. Historically, in the last roughly 35 to 40 years, there was always a justice who banged out opinions quickly when they were assigned the majority opinion, right? So Ruth Bader Ginsburg had the reputation as always cranking out the first majority opinion of a term because she liked to do things fast, right? Well, yeah, and she also didn't sleep. Well, yeah, she did, right? Okay. <laughs> she slept like two hours a day or whatever, yeah, like yeah, barely, right. some really low amount. Yeah. Okay. And before her, okay, and interestingly enough, she actually, you know, took this justice's seat. Okay. The subject of my di dissertation, Byron White. Byron White had a rule in his office that if he got assigned a majority opinion, okay, his clerks and he had to have a close to finished draft within a week to 10 days. Okay. Because his thought was this needs to, we need to do this while it's fresh in our minds. Yes. And we need to give, our, you know, my, my colleagues, Justice White's colleagues, an opportunity to respond. Right. Okay. The quicker we get this out, the quicker then the they can write their concurrences yeah. and, and um, dissents. Yes. Right. And we don't have that kind of justice right now, right? Ah, okay. So we when we interview the next justice, we need to say, "So, how long does it take you to write an opinion?" <laughs> yeah. uh, we need to put that on Amy Klobuchar's desk as the question we need her to ask because yeah. she's from the Midwest, so she could ask it in a way that's not offensive that sounds efficient. Yeah, I mean, you know, she would be all about efficiency anyway. She so she would be she would. You know, be are you ask. a slow? Uh, are you a slow horse or are you a fast horse? Right. Okay. Right. You know, in the in the in, in the language of intelligence agencies, okay, are you a fast analyst or are you a slow analyst? Right. Right. Uh, but here's the other thing, and, and you mentioned it uh, this a few moments ago, right? I mean, we do have a very divided Supreme Court, right? And it's divided in two ways. You have the conservatives versus the liberals, which has been well chronicled, you know, in mainstream media, right? Um, and right now, okay, you know, at least two of the liberals, okay, have seen in their time on the court, okay, pretty much opportunities to cobble together a majority completely evaporate. So if you're Sonia Sotomayor and Elena Kagan, you're like, oh man, this really stinks. But here's the other thing. The conservatives are still divided, right? So, you know, you're talking about perhaps John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh, who are like, well, you can't issue this decision yet because I'm not done with my concurrence. <laughs> right? Because right. I don't, I don't want to go as far as you are, Clarence. Right. Or, you know, brother Brett. Okay. And Neil Gorsuch, 
okay, we don't know what island you're on, but it ain't one we're visiting anytime soon, right? Okay. So what I think is going on right now is a combination of factors. You throw in the, you know, post-Dobbs majority opinion leak, okay? You add in the fact that you just don't have one of those, you know, crusty, I'm going to get things done. Because I mean, let's face it, Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Byron White were never known as being, you know. I, I think of them as salty. Yeah, yeah, they were salty. Yeah. Right? I mean, salty in the modern vernacular. Yeah, particularly. Ooh, Byron, salty. Yeah, particularly, right. particularly Byron White, right? Because Byron White was just like, okay. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for this. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm from Colorado. I got books to write. I have, you know, you know, I'm from Colorado. I have speeches to give. Okay. I'm from Colorado. <laughs> we have a job to do. You do the job. Okay. You do it to the best of your ability and then you move on. Right. Right. Okay. Um, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. I mean, by the time she got to the court, okay, she had been through. Okay, experiences that most of us, okay, would be like, really? You put up with that garbage? Yeah, right. she doesn't have time for that, you know, crap anymore, right? Um, uh, but then you also go ahead and talk about a very divided court, Dan, right? I mean, there's no getting around it. This, okay, and this is a court in transition. And, right? and, I've, and, and I think there's a factor you haven't mentioned, which I'm going to throw out here, which is J-Rob. Mm -hmm. I think J-Rob's management style is sort of like oh come on let's all work together right you know like he's not yeah, yeah. he's not a whip cracking yeah he's not a bill he's not Rehnquist yeah, right yeah, he's not uh, who I was going to say Rehnquist who would call you up in the middle of the night and say I expect that opinion on my desk at 8 a.m I hope you're working on it click right like that kind of thing that's not J-Rob's style his style is much more collaborative sort of, yeah, yeah coalition yeah. building let's yes. all be kumbaya everybody get in a canoe we're all gonna row it you know together it's all gonna be fabulous and and right now what he's doing is herding cats and they're just they're not interested they're going in a variety of directions because yeah, he's because not a whip cracky sort of a sort of yeah, a guy right, yeah because right now some of the justices i don't think they want to hold hands with some of their colleagues <laughs> right i'm not even sure they want to be in the same room as some of their colleagues so our message to the scotus augie and i our message to you if you're listening which <laughs> um uh quit listening to this and get to work that's first of all <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, our, that's our first message and our second message is you know you were the best part of the government in terms of public popularity and Part of that was that you were seen as an efficient, yeah. responsive body. And right now, your record is worse than, did you say, before the American Civil War? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so we, you're not doing yourself any favors publicly in public opinion yeah, by it, not we, just stepping up and getting it done. I, I am fortunate that right now I don't, I work with people that I really like, but I have worked in the past at jobs with people I didn't like. And it doesn't matter because you still need to get the job done. You still, there's still a public to be served. There's still, in our case, with students to be served. And you suck it up and you get it, you get it moving because you yeah, don't I mean, get to just be difficult because you can. Yeah. I mean, and I've said this in my courts class, I've said to students, 
you know, when the Supreme Court starts acting like the other branches of the government, you know, you're in trouble. You know, you're in trouble. I mean, because if you're taking as long as Congress takes to pass <laughs> laws, that, right. that's not good. I bother. Right. right. And when you're as bureaucratic as the bureaucracy, okay, that's not good. Right. right? Um, so, you know. So, again, Augie would like you to start acting like your court. own proper set yes. of. Your okay. own proper branch of government, please. And again, if they're listening, okay, uh, uh, justices, okay, don't drop all of these cases, okay, in May and June, um, because I'm not entirely sure there are enough hours in the day for, you know, <laughs> for, for college professors to analyze all these opinions, right? You know, do us a solid. Help me help <laughs> you, right? Okay. Because if you drop all of these decisions in May and June, okay, we're not happy, right? Which means then our analysis may not necessarily be all that positive. That's right. <laughs> Don't make me talk bad about you. <laughs> Thanks, Augie. Thank you, Neil.